Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Soroffect Sports, proud supplier of all the merchandise for five-star imports and fourth and inches podcast. Please check out our website out silverfx.co.uk where you'll find plenty NFL UK fan clubs and lots of other different podcast merchandise we do. Please check it out guys. Welcome to the 4th and Inches College Podcast. We're back again for another week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a fantastic uh, past week. Uh, still in lockdown, but fear not. We're a week away from, well, ever so slightly restricted restrictions or whatever it is. Um, soon you'll be allowed to have your family in your back garden. So uh, bring Nan round for tea. It's going to be a barnstormer. But first, uh, we have got another week of college football to talk about as we lead up to the 2021 NFL Draft. With the big news, of course, coming in this week, is that the actual draft is going to go ahead in person. Yes, it's going to be actual people sitting next to actual people. And there's going to be a stage and Roger Goodell is going to be there. And it's going to be great. The only problem is it's in bloody Cleveland and no one gives a about Cleveland. Sorry, people from Cleveland. I'm joking. Last year was going to be Vegas. It be if so it's anything fun. like draft got... day, it's going to be amazing, though, Tris- um, Nick. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, Sonny, Sonny uh, Junior, whatever it is, I don't think he's going to pull off quite an inspiring trade with Fonte uh, Mack. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, there's, no gondol- there's no gondolas on the, um, on the Bellagio Fountain. We're just going to have drunk people yelling things at Roger Goodell and telling downtown Cleveland. But um but anyway, we've still got a few weeks to go from that uh what about a month away. It's it's coming around so fast. But most importantly, we hope you've had a great week. Um and of course it's time for the introductions. As as if we need any introductions. You know who we are, but if you've not been with us before, um hello, my name is Nick. Uh, and I feel like I'm in an AA meeting. Do you know, hello, my name is Nick, and I'm in a, a college football addict. No, yeah. uh, my name is Nick, uh, Nick Loft, to be precise. We have Tristan Watkin. Hey, guys. And we have Sukdeep Pooney. Hello. Hello. Right. So last week, we did our sort of first mock draft post um, free agency. And, and, it was a fun. It was fun, wasn't it? We 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 chatted about some of the prospects, and I, honestly, I think it, it, it was huge to do a. It's really important to do one of these pod, uh, one of these mock drafts straight after free agency because things can be completely flipped on its head, can't they? I mean, I'm as I've said many times, I'm a Giants fan, and when we did the first mock, I was like, right, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, which one is going to fall our way? We need a receiver. Uh, now, if you ask me, I am all in, especially after the pro day today. I am all in on the Micah Parsons train. Um, I want him. I want him bad, bad, bad. I'm sure that's a song for American Pie, but um, yeah, 
Michael Parsons, man. He, what, you just ran a 4-3-9 <laughs> today from middle linebacker? Wow. He is a beast. Um, I want him at 11, for sure. I'm sure. Have you guys felt differently about post-free agency? How you thought your team might have gone? Tristan, maybe Raiders looking potentially at O-line rather than an, uh, another position? Yeah, I was I was expecting their first-round pick to be either linebacker or more pass rush help. They stole pass rush with Yannick and got away. Yeah. But, um, did some cleaning on the offensive line, got rid of some cap, and yeah, probably need a couple of linemen in this draft. Mm. and suck your team have been um, I mean it in the most they've been spectacularly boring from a a fan perspective of ooh free agency but you've got the band back together so basically you can pretty much so you can more or less um, Mm. do your sort of mock draft pick for the Bucks Uh, more or less the same as you could before free agency. Yeah, right? I mean, we've obviously we've just since the last time we spoke, we've re-signed Sue now. So obviously the tackle position, you can still look at potentially drafting, you know, a successor um to Sue, you know, to sit behind him, you know, for you know a season and learn from obviously one of the best. Uh we could maybe look at edge, you know, that you know keeping that control and stopping the running game. Obviously, we've still not sorted out a contract uh, for Leonard Fournette. So, at the minute, we're still just going with Rojo. So, possibility, maybe looking at running back, um, you know, towards the end of the uh, first round. Um, We're probably looking for someone who can actually, you know, catch the ball as well. Because we know if, as much as Lenny was great in the playoffs, he's not really a formidable catcher of the ball. So, it's probably something that we could look at if we don't re-sign him, but I get the feeling he is going to stay because the longer this sort of goes on, the more I get the feeling that Antonio Brown and Fournette are going to remain as books. Obviously, we've just restructured Donovan Smith as well, so that's given us more cap room for this year, so we're just still waiting, I guess. Oh. I'm going to just, literally, and this is, this is not planned whatsoever, but I've <laughs> just realised something, having gone on the well, actually, I won't spoil it. Uh, are you guys? Did you guys watch Last Chance? You basketball or I watched some of it. The, sorry, the oh. football one. Did you ever watch the the first season with East Mississippi? Yes. Yeah. Did you know that one of the guys from the East Mississippi in the Last Chance You TV series? If you go on his Wikipedia page, I mean. I don't know if it's. I know. I know he was on the team. He won a. He won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, John Franklin, oh, John Franklin the, the third. third. Yep, yep. He was the court. He was the quarterback in yeah. season He's two. I think it was. But yes. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, well, that's the thing. Didn't he kind of change to DB and then change to wide? He did. He, I'm sure he was a DB when he entered. Yes, he did. He got on the Bears as mm-hmm. a DB. Um, so did he win a ring? Yeah, he was then? there at the parade as well. Um, <laughs> bless him. From wow, from uh, from last chance you to and a Super yeah. Bowl champion. There was a lot of um, uh, yeah. There was a lot of made up about it when it happened. Really, there was, but there were so many news stories. Like it was crazy, wasn't it? Like there was literally individual stories about every single player, even going from 
the lowest of the lowest of the depth chart to, you know, someone like Tom Brady. It was, it was absolutely crazy. But I don't know if that's just me following it more being a Bucks fan. Um, but yeah, a lot was made up about, um, the, you know, the first guy sort of from Last Chance You making it. And even though, even, even though he didn't mm. really sort of contribute, but yeah. Do anything. Did he play any? Did he play any? I think he was on special teams, but only not too many snaps. Not, not for most of the games. I think it's towards the middle of the season, if if I remember correctly. But I doubt if you're asking yeah. me to name a play that he did, um, I I couldn't tell you. Oh no! I just I wondered if he like no, he was on the field though. Um, yeah, played a game like even made, even played. Yeah, on special he's teams, he's, he's right, posted okay. Instagram photos of him. With his jersey on in it during the game, so I'm I'm saying that you you did play a few snaps. Oh. Okay, no, yeah. that's cool. I just I just saw that and went completely <clears throat> off topic there. But um, also, okay. um, just to let Tristan know, um, your your best mate scored for England, by the way. Yeah, yeah. just Lingard. We just talking about him off air, weren't we? So just I'd give you the good news. <laughs> mm, very nice. Very nice. All right, so uh, this week we're back to some regularly scheduled programming and we're going to chop it up and talk about uh, offensive linemen mm-hmm. who are the sexiest defense. No, I'm joking. Like, who are the best defensive linemen um, in this year's draft? Now, I think it's true that it's never... Let's be honest. As a fan especially as a Giants fan last year, you get the fourth overall pick and you take an offensive tackle. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like having 20 quid left at the end of the month and you really want to go buy something cool with it, but you do kind of need an iron board and it is essential. And you're like, I had 20 quid left over and I bought an iron board and yeah, we need it, and it's important, and we can't really live without it. But it wasn't like it wasn't something mm. fun. It wasn't a, a, a jersey from Fanatics through Five Star. Nice plug. Uh, get your orders in now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, but it's they are essential, and they don't get people's bums off seats applauding the pick when you're at uh, because you know you want. You want the sexy, you want the the edge rusher, you want the wide receiver, you want maybe the quarterback. You know, that's what you want. And as much as you don't want a running back that high, they're still the guys who sell jerseys, mm-hmm. right? So you don't you don't get offensive tackled selling jerseys, really, do you? It's very rare that, you know, you walk past someone and they've got an, a, a, a guard or a tackle or a centre's jersey on. Um, but they're they're important. And finding a good one, that's why the left tackle position is, you know, if you've ever seen uh, the blind side, they talk about what Lawrence Taylor did to Joe Theismann after that. You know, they the left tackle position got one of the biggest contracts there's ever been for a non-QB. And, and now left tackles get paid handsomely. Um, but alignment need to be drafted you need to protect your quarterback and there's going to be some going in this first uh first round draft for sure i just want to counter a point you just made nick um people do get o-line jerseys i've got one who i've got a throwback number 63 raiders jersey 
Hudson? number 63? Oh, Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw. Who? It's a proper fr- Gene Upshaw. That is old school. Yes. Um, Paul, old school classic Raider mm. from the 70s. Was he a Hall of Fame? Or not? Uh, I think he would. Uh, did he get into the Hall of Fame? Mm. I don't think he did. Yeah, he is a. So, 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 honestly, would you like me to recount my statement that and change it to? No, I'm joking. Messing with you. <laughs> messing with you. I was going to say. Just I because say, I thought you were being semi-serious when you said, "Yeah, actually, there's plenty of offensive tackle jerseys out there." <laughs> I'm, I, I can't remember. Like, I think Joe I've Thomas, seen a Joe Thomas Brown one. Yeah, one. Sure. I can, I can see a lot of but, yeah. fans. Maybe even though we've got a massive roster of so much talent, I, I can, I. I'd, I wouldn't mind a Tristan Wirth jersey. Yeah, I wouldn't. You mind. wouldn't, exactly. But, but, no, but no, will I go out and I, buy I, it? I understand that. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think, I don't even know if, mm. if Fanatics will sell them unless you have to, like, no, they you do. know, when they, you come the jerseys where you kind of. On there. Yeah. Do Normally, oh, okay. the first round picks, I bet they have them for that season. So probably next season, it'd probably be like in the back burner. But generally, the first year they're drafted, <clears throat> I mean, I would have seen a Mackay Beckson jersey last year. You have, you... Uh, I think yeah. I have seen one. I have seen one, <laughs> but I don't. I mean, let's. You, would, would you even think he's in a top ten of jerseys sold for Bucks? No, because I, I was looking. I mean, I bought a lot this year, and obviously the first ones that I bought were uh, Levante David, Devon White, from the first two. Uh, they're, 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 yeah. In terms of current players, that's the two I've got. At the minute, um, so if I was going to buy another one, it'd be Brady, then it'd be Mike Evans, yeah, and probably looking at yeah, I Pierre think Paul, I, well, Godwin. I think Godwin jersey's probably yeah. still somewhere. Chris Godwin will be number six. I'd put him, I'd put worse ahead of someone like Sue, maybe. I'll tell you who be there I reckon is probably sold a se- I reckon someone who's sold maybe a sneaky amount, like you, Antonio Brown. No yeah. jokes. I reckon he might have sold because it's not all about it's not all about like <clears throat> who and like how well Antonio Brown did. It's about Antonio Brown is a better receiver than and sorry, Antonio Brown is ha- is has had a better mm. career in my opinion than mm. Mike Evans. What about Blaine Gabbert? But he's just not there. Yep, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, let's have a look. Fanatics have sold two Blaine Gabbert jerseys ever. Um, Oh, and you yeah. bought them both. Interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so getting off track. Yes, offensive tackles uh, aren't the sexy pick, but they are important, and there are some good ones in this year's draft. And we've we've as a group had a little look at the talent this year at offensive tackle. Um, so, sorry, at offensive line, we're not just talking about tackles. Yeah. We're talking all O line here. So the best offensive linemen in this year's draft. Um, and I'm going to start, uh, you know, there's, there's, we talked about this and there's two guys that we kind of believe are the uh, elite of the elite um, tackles in this year's draft. Um, obviously, as you'll know, people, that it's very rare that, a, well, it's, it's extremely rare that a guard will go like you know, the first O lineman off the board, uh, and center is still very unlikely. It's all about that tackle position, sort of bookending your O line. Um, 
And so there's two guys who have garnered the most interest this year. One who was believed to be the out-and-out best prospect there is outside of any quarterback in the draft in general. But there's a guy who's stopped rows and rows throughout the year despite not playing a single snap either. And now it's uh, a pretty level pegging between who who the people believe is better or not. Um, I'm just because I talked a lot and I probably just jumped. uh, I think I was going to start, but I'm going to send it over to Suk to talk about this prospect first. You had the first Um, pick, but I think you were being kind knowing that the guy I'm going to talk about, obviously, is from my own team, uh, which is Penn Isol. Yeah. So thank you for that, Nick. Mm. Um, but interestingly enough, like I've only been a Ducks fan for a year technically, although I have watched and I saw, you know, as being a college football fan anyway. But now I've never actually watched him as being a fan of the Oregon Ducks. Interestingly, but um, Penn I saw for pretty much the last you know twelve months has been talked about as being the number one. Tackle off the board. Um, so the guy's six foot five, um, three hundred twenty-five pounds um, from obviously the the Oregon Ducks. People have talked about him as being sort of a generational talent, uh, someone who you know is going to sort of define you know the offensive tackle position and you know be in multiple Pro Bowls. Obviously, that's not a given. You know, nothing's a given in um, especially you know a position like this. But from what I've seen of him, he's a very athletic. Um, you know, offensive tackle. Um, a lot of the footage I've watched of him, he quickly adjusts his position. So it only takes two steps for him to sort of adjust his position and get in a position where he's ready to make a move on the defensive tackle or whoever, you know, he's got in front of him. So uh, change of direction for me is very positive um, from what I've seen. Some of the footage that I watched was from um, a game against Washington um, and Auburn as well. He had a he had a matchup against Marlon Davidson, who you guys would recall was drafted by the Falcons, I want to say. Marlon Davidson? Yes. Um, yes. Completely annihilated Marlon Davidson. Now, I know Davidson wasn't... Um, I think he was sort of a second, third round talent, wasn't he? So it just obviously goes to show you that he is capable of, you know, holding his own against sort of talent who are... Um, you know, obviously currently in the NFL right now, um, as well as displaying good footwork. He has strong hands. He's got good hand placement. He's good at getting to the second level. And what we mean by that is, I'm just learning this terminology myself as well, but it's when a tackle sort of gets beyond the first level and is going towards, you know, like a corner, or, or you know, to try and stop them. Um, you know, so he's good at sort of the, you know, blocking in the running game and the passing game. Um in terms of obviously quarterback pressures, I think he went nine games without his quarterback, who was Justin Herbert at the time, without you know having any pressures. Um, a lot of talk's been talked about him that he could actually play as an interior lineman. Now, obviously, people look at the offensive tackle as the premium position, but sometimes it's also good just to sort of get a alignment to adjust is maybe putting them in the interior, so maybe like a, a guard position, for example. So that's something that you never know potentially that could happen. But when you're drafting someone this high, you know, when we're talking about a top five talent, you probably want to stick him straight in as an offensive tackle straight away. Um, In terms of cons, I mean, people 
I wouldn't say there's too much negativity about him, um, but people have said so he's not the um, finished product and there is still sort of room for improvement. And obviously when Nick talks about the next talent, a lot of people are arguing that the other talent is probably more, you know, potentially NFL ready uh, compared to what still might be. It's obviously a matter of opinion. Um, he does need to continue, you know, refining his sort of past you know, his technique and pass protection. The only other thing that I've noticed is sometimes his hand position, um, he can be, and this, I think this is common anyway for someone who's six foot five, his hand position can be a bit too high sometimes. And people might say, well, what difference does that make? But when you've got a defensive lineman sort of lower down holding their own, it makes it difficult to sort of adjust your arms and sort of overpower your defensive tackle. So, but he's, he's shown times where he's been in that position and overcome that, you know, quite successfully. So I don't really have any concerns there. So for, for me, Saul's obviously going to be talked about as one of the, um, you know, top tackles in the draft and rightly so. And yeah, best of luck to him. Yes. Sewell is the, <laughs> Sewell, Sewell, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he, Penn I, <clears throat> um, he, is, he was the guy this year, um, as of what August mm. last year, yeah. like, last July, months, August, like yeah. Sewell, 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 he will be the first pick off the board that isn't a quarterback. Now, I mean, it beggars belief. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe me back then if I said that I've seen a mock draft that has seen him slip out the top ten. I don't think it happens, and obviously the majority of my drafts agree with that. But um, but yeah, he's a he's a he's a stud of a guy who knew that, isn't it? He's he, he's in such a like fantastic position that he knew that he could sit out a year of football and still be a top ten pick. That's 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 mm. the dream, right? Like he could just rest up and. Just train on his own right, knowing that his position in the top ten was was safe. Um, and yeah, maybe he didn't anticipate the rise of Rashawn Slayer. I don't know. Maybe he thought he was going to be undisputed number one tackle. And and I've kind of spoiled it there. But Rashawn Slater of Northwestern is another guy who opted out this year um, and has seen his. I don't think Sewell has Sewell seen his. Um, stock drop. I don't, it hasn't risen. That's one thing. It definitely hasn't risen. Maybe it's dropped, but not really. No, I, I still think people done. look at him in terms of if you take away the position as well, just overall. I think people still see him behind sort of Trevor Lawrence, and some people probably have him ahead of Trevor Lawrence as the best prospect in the whole draft. So I, I don't think his stock has dropped. I think it's just a case that now other teams are in need of a quarterback. And I know we discussed this off air, like the Jets situation, which we don't probably want to go into again, but I don't think his stock's dropped, but it's a case that, you know, teams at the top of the draft are going to go by what they need and may not necessarily even go for the best yeah. sort of player or talent in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's dropped. Obviously, he's not a riser, is he? He was always considered mm-hmm. to be around there. And, the, and therefore, he physically can't rise. But if we if we decide that he hasn't his drop stock hasn't dropped, that's fine. 
But equally, then Rashawn Slater's stock has risen massively because Sewell, Sewell, whatever you want, was yeah, he um he was the undisputed number one offensive tackle. Now that he's not the undisputed one, he might be the number one offensive tackle, but he's not the undisputed number one offensive tackle, which means as the gap has been closed, which either means Sewell has dropped or the more likely Slater has mm-hmm. massively risen. And that that is the case here. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, uh, a little bit of background on him. He was a he was a starter from his freshman season, um, and he played both tackle spots. Obviously, that's a huge um, piece of versatility um, to people looking at him. Um, the thing that I think I've mentioned already on this pod in recent weeks um, is he played last year, not this year, just being but the year before, and he played against Chase Young, and. Um, he he was very good against Chase Young, who was the best edge rusher in all of the all of the land, all of college football. His reps were very impressive. He does have a, a very stout, astute frame. Obviously, uh, we've all uh, many of us have enjoyed watching his pro day and watching what he was benching. Um, he was, you know, a very he's got he's got a very strong kind of core. Um, and he is, he's a very smooth, smooth operator, um, you know, uh, coming off the ball. Uh, he's got a good hand placement. Um, yeah, he sets himself really well. Um, and, and and as well, if, you know, he does tend to drop, he, he has great athleticism that he can recover um, in these situations. He, he really does have a lot of, uh, he's technically very gifted at the position. He moves like an NFL tackle. Um, and yeah, I think he's got all the strength, sort of athletic ability uh, and sort of, you know, quick process, uh, like being able to quickly process the, the type of move that is about to be put onto him. And and yeah, I think he'll be one of the most safe offensive line picks. The, the big issue with Slater is mm-hmm. his measurables. Um, his arms, isn't it? You know, yeah, he's got thirty-three inch, 33 inch yeah. arms. He's six foot four, which obviously isn't is it's tall, but it's not man mountain type <laughs> tall. Um, some teams may, I mean, this is the thing. Like some teams might see him as an inside player. Now, uh, if you see him as an inside player. You can't take him top ten. If you're if you're if you're wanting to draft him, because you don't take a guy in the top ten who is an offensive lineman. If your argument for taking him is well, he's flexible, we could move him inside. No, 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 no. You take a guy in the top ten at offensive line if you think they can be your franchise left tackle yeah. or at worst right tackle. So this that is a huge <laughs> point which I've seen a few times. But it's going to be very divisive because if if he does get drafted by a team who see him maybe as a guard, you mm. don't take him top 10 and he will drop. But a team has got to believe in him as a tackle for him to go. Like the Bengals at five, you know, the Bengals, uh, they, I, I think I've said this many times, Cincinnati, don't be stupid. 
You'd be literally, I, you know, I'm not even a Bengals fan, but I would be furious if the if I was a Bengals fan and they didn't take a tackle because they're the most tackle needy team. Look what happened to Joe Burrow mm-hmm. with an awful offensive line. Take a damn tackle. Um, if Sula's there, maybe they will opt for him. I, me personally, and I'm possibly speaking from experience from last year, having taken Andrew Thomas. I I take Sewell if I'm the Bengals if he's the if he's still on the board and no tackles have gone yet because I don't like question marks over mm. my tackles in terms of should he maybe be inside. Um, I like a lot Slater's tape and I wouldn't be surprised if Slater became the better tackle. I think Sewell is the safer pick, um, mm. and honestly, I. I'm so glad the Giants are picking 11. I hate picking really high. It is such a pressure cooker. Like, you remember, you know, talking draft day, you remember the Jags' young GM and he he was panicking and he traded down for a a couple of second-round picks because, you know, he didn't want to be on the clock and he was relieved when he... That is why I feel like sometimes, like, oh, my God, the pressure is a top-10 pick. You have to absolutely smash out the park. You're an imbecile. Um and I think Sewell will be, or Sewell will be the safer pick. Um, but I like Slater. He's done really well in a conference that produces a lot of good edge guys um, that he will have faced. I do see his career as a tackle. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I think these are the two top tackles in the draft. And it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think I got caught in the hype, um, especially around Slater's pro day as well. I think that's brought a little hype as well. So sometimes you do see it in the draft where the closer you get to the draft, all these sort of rumours start coming up about one player being closer than the other. But I think when push comes to shove, so will be the first one drafted out of the two. Um, and the hype will sort of decrease as we get closer to the draft. It's just normally around this time of year, you you always get it and you'll get it with all the positions really, won't you? When there's sort of two guys who are really good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is with Sewell, obviously, he's a bigger guy. He's a year younger. He's maybe a little bit more polished. Um, He's obviously had more accolades. I think, again, I will definitely say that it would not surprise me if Slayer became the better tackle. Me personally, I think Sewell is a, a safer pick. I think what he's twenty mm. Sewell's twenty years old. I mean he's very young, but that's I know I know Tristan loves his is <laughs> Tristan loves his young guys. <laughs> I, meant, whoa, I meant to whoa. say no Tristan, you do put a lot of onus on like yeah, but look how old that mm. guy is. Like that is that is you see it as a real and, and you're right too, as a really good trait of look at that dude is awesome mm. and he's only twenty. Like, you know, how how much you can get. I mean, I don't know how old Sean Slater is. I think mm. he might be like 22 or something. You look at the game um, film as well. Like Tristan was talking yeah. about it and I, I watched it recently as well. Uh, the the, the, oh, the Ohio State sorry, game, just... you know. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, happy birthday oh, tomorrow wow. to Rashawn Slater. He's 22 tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. And uh, to make you feel depressed, Panay Sewell or Sewell is, is born in the year 2000. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we're seeing prospects now born in in, in the two thousands. That's that's depressing. Um, Tristan, you've been quiet. What, what's your thoughts on the two, those two guys? Yeah, so um, Hanno Swell is the number one tackle for me. Again, I think his upside is a bit more than Rashawn Slater's. Uh, I don't have such an issue with taking Rashawn Slater in the swap to energy and kicking him inside the guard. Um, people, you, you say you don't draft guards in the top 10, Nick. Yeah. I think um, Colts pro bowler Quinton Nelson will absolutely disagree with you there. Mm. And I think most Colts fans would disagree with you there. That's the best guard in the league mm. right now. But, but Nelson was drafted as a generational type guy as well, wasn't he? When 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 he had the hype. You you yes, yeah, but but Tristan's right. You do take a guard in the top ten if they're going to be going yeah. down as one of the greatest guards that ever played the game. I agree. If they're going to be literally because Quentin Nelson, in my opinion, was the best player in the draft. He was the best player in the draft completely, but he played guard which is not really a sexy position, hence why he didn't go number one overall. But yes, you do. If, but, yes, you, 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 but you, you've kind of said it. Quentin, Quentin Nelson was a guard and he was an unbelievable guard and deserved to be a top 10 pick. Do you take a guy who could go as a guard better in theory in the top 10? If you're not sure I, of it. I think... Uh, Rashawn Slate is a top 10 pick purely because of position versatility. He is someone that you can pick in the top 10 and go, okay, whatever we need him to do this year. Because I don't think there's a position on that line he can't play. Um, it's what's he better at, tackle probably. But if you're a team like the Bengals, who for the next few years are going to have issues all across your offensive line because you've, you've only really got one piece at the moment, they don't have great guards. They have a tackle in Jonah Williams. He's worth the pick there, as long as they because he fits whatever needs year to year they have on that line. And I think that's where his stock has risen. Teams, he can plug and play across the whole line. Mm. Um, and, and that's why he's risen. It's not he's the best tackle prospect in this class and he's going to be the best tackle. He is going to be an above-average starter across the line. He might, he might pro bowl at right tackle, maybe, or left tackle, depending on how you see his skill set transitioning. But I think his versatility is what's got his stock rising with more teams because he's safe. He's a safe pair of hands. Mm. Swell has just more upside. And and I just I, I think as well, run blocking means he can play right side to begin with in the NFL at a high level while he learns the game a bit more. And then you can try to left tackle, or you can plug him in at left tackle if you're that desperate. Mm. I, if I'm picking at five, whatever my need is, if it's running back, if it's tight end, receiver, O line, D line, whatever it is, if I'm picking at five, I want, I want the best. The versatility, I can understand how that can make you rise up the board because you can play a number of positions like pretty well. At five, I want all pro position player. Like I want, for example, if I'm going O-line and I'm looking at like tackles and stuff, I want the guy who, if I need a left tackle, because that's, I mean, yes, they will need other positions, but they want a tackle. I think I'd take the guy who, whoever the guy is, I want the guy who's like 
he is the tackle. He is the tackle. Like I I I don't want a you don't want Andrew Thomas guy at five. Like, I understand. Well, I don't want Andrew Thomas. At five. Well, Thomas. <laughs> well, I did. I I I want him at five. No, I I wanted. I didn't mind yeah. the pick, but I wanted ten picks too early. Whatever happened, but but for me, if Andrew Thomas ended up being moved to guard and did like starter quality well, that's still a failure for me because I drafted him at four to be my franchise left tackle. So, is it? It's not a win for me if Andrew Thomas kicks inside to left guard and does pretty well. That's that's a, mm. I've managed to draft a guy at fourth overall and pay him left tackle money to play left guard. Like, well, for, well, left tackle money, I say. Fourth overall pick gets you quite a lot of money um, for your draft position. I just think that it's, I think... So, Nick, yeah. can I throw a scenario to you? Yeah. And how you would feel? So, say, for instance, you're a Bengals fan. Yeah. And Rashawn Slater is there at five and you go, nah, we don't think he's elite at tackle. We don't think he's elite at guard. We're going to have to go somewhere else on the board. Fine, that's absolutely okay. You go and get a receiver, you go and get a DB, and you do nothing to address any of that interior line. And the first game of the season, Joe Burrow first comes back from injury. You've not got serviceable starters in there. And again, they get right up in that backfield and they put Burrow out for another year just because they've got no protection there. When does positional need that? The fact that you need a starter on the offensive line to protect your franchise quarterback from getting injured again. Because if Barrow gets injured again, what does that mean for his development? He's an older QB coming yeah. out of college. like, And then you look and go, oh, we could have got a seriously good offensive lineman who was willingly going to start on day one. But we didn't quite like the values that we went and got a wide receiver who is not protecting this asset. Mm. You've got, I think, I think mm. when it comes to... That's why offensive linemen get overdrafted. To be, to be fair though, Justin, that, that is your the Bengals do have the greatest with... of all time at guard for, and that's Michael Jordan, so. Oh no, wrong spot, wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Calm down here. But, so, so my scenario was Joe Burrow is out for a year. Okay, um, so I can't, well, I need to not show my hand too early because we've got more prospects to talk about, but Okay, so I don't believe in Rashawn Slater. This is I do. I I think I do. But if, I, if I'm the Bengals and I see Wells off the board, I presume that's what you're saying. And I don't believe in yeah. Rashawn Slater as a star tackle. Um, I believe the Bengals have the thirty third, thirty fourth pick in the draft. I imagine I believe there's going to be some quality guards available around there, um, and I pick one there. Um, with good value. So you, so you genuinely think that you think the depth for this offensive line class is enough that an offensive line needy team does not need to overreach and can go and get a lesser quality player that's going to 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 patch a hole for the time being. If uh, using the fifth overall pick on a guy that might not be here after his rookie contract, if he's going to be a a serviceable starter, um, is uh, there is another player is who... suicide. Can play um, guard, who we'll talk about later. Why not the possibility if Saul's out of the picture, yeah. and you don't believe in? Because I know you you guys know we're going to who I'm talking about. But let's say you don't believe in Slater, 
would you consider it. moving down in the draft? Because there's a lot of teams who want a quarterback. You know, maybe at the number five position, you might get a quarterback. Uh, maybe the, the the final, the remaining quarterback left mm. on the board. Would you consider maybe dropping down to like say the you know between between eight and thirteen, for example, and getting? But, but if Swell goes off the board anywhere before the Bengals, the Bengals are going to be shopping that pick like it's nobody's business because yes, yeah, you can get positional value by trading down. Um, and hopefully getting this one later, mm. if not getting someone who can fix the hole. Like, but but again, is it? And again, the only issue is if you can't trade out of five teams. Have in the past tried to trade out of early picks, but end up going and getting their mid round guy because they're worried they're going to miss if they don't at that point to fill needs. It's I get what Nick's saying. You don't want to just take a above average player at five, but is it? taking someone you pretty much can guarantee is going to be average above average or trading down and taking more of a risk when you're lying in such bad shape. I think there's a, mm. you can make a case to over. I, I think in the Bengals case, you kind of have to, don't you? Just, uh, even, before, even before the Burrow injury, their, well, their I think, offensive I think, line I think... Was, has been suspect. I mean, speaking to one of my friends who's a Bengals fan, the offensive line's been suspect for the past two, three years and they've tried to address that They've just been really unlucky because each time they draft one, like a Jonah Williams, they've had um, them go down with an injury. So, uh, I think I think I'll I'll say two things. One, I think that we're hmm. we're definitely trying to play devil's advocate here because um, we're we're going off the basis that the Bengals don't like Rashawn Slater at five in tackle, which. Shall we be betting men here and say that if if Sewell's gone and then they they want to address the O line, they probably will draft Slater yeah. at five as a tackle. Let's let's be real. But if yeah. if you look at their sort of depth chart, um, they've got Jonah Williams, a first round pick. He'll be fit. They'll be wanting to roll him out week one for sure. Um, and they have a they have made one significant addition to their nice. O-line and by significant I just mean not a minimum vet they just <laughs> gave they gave seven and a half million dollars to Riley Reef, who plays left tackle mm-hmm. um, was for what used to be at the Vikings and that seven and a half million dollars for a year is is tells me he's not a star tackle but he's not a scrub because you know like the Giants what? plugged what? The Giants plugged Mike Remmers in a right tackle, right tackle uh, last year. Not the other speed last year, but they paid him like three million dollars, which is basically trying to say he's probably the best we can get around the minimum vet. That's seven and a half million is not the minimum. They've they, they clearly had to give him a decent, you know, a good chunk of money to get him to play. So their guard position is actually probably their weakest. Like they, I don't even, Spain, I don't even know any of their guys. And I think he was at the Bills. He, he's like you said, he's probably on. I don't know what he's on, but he's literally just on one year deals. So he's not a long term. Definitely not a long term answer for them. He's. I think he's above thirty as well. To be honest. Yeah, Quinton Spain what? got. Um, he got one year 
a million. I think he's literally been given the. Mm. I think has he been given the absolute. Yeah, and they got minimum. Michael Jordan. He might yeah, have done probably. I think what that Riley Reef. I think what that Riley Reef signing actually shows is I think the Bengals' plan is most likely going to be okay. We can fill the three most difficult line positions here with what we've got and what we can grab. And then what they're going to do is they're going to go, the two positions on the offensive line that I always find that you can be a bit more riskier with, mm-hmm. where you can take a bit of a gamble, and that's centre and right guard. Because right guard, you just need someone who's a clinical run blocker a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Their pass pro doesn't need to be elite. Centre, is you can get away with an all-rounder, someone who's not elite at everything. They're a lot easier to find later stages of free agency. I reckon they go Williams at left tackle, Reason at left guard. Um, and then they draft later, put them on the right side and go, we can build a line that's serviceable from that. And then they will use the two positions. They've still got Billy Price as well as center. To the rest of well. that line. Um, that would be... He's only drafted two years ago, wasn't he? First draft. I think... I, I, feel, I feel like this is perfect listening for people because, you know, we don't want to hear us agreeing all the time. I will throw this into the ring. Have they played right? You, you know how left tackles can are, are one of the most important positions in football. Left tackles, as people, can often be quite. Um, they know their position, and trying to tell a franchise left tackle or tell a career left tackle to go play right tackle. It's not always as easy as mm. just moving players around like it's Madden. Riley Reef has just been given seven and a half million dollars. Do you think they've actually just given him seven and a half million dollars to play guard? I really don't yes. think so. I don't. You don't. I, you, do. I don't think there's a chance in hell you give. He he says, uh, yeah, we'll give you seven and a half million dollars and a one year contract to come play left guard. He's been a left tackle his entire career. Yeah, but one year. I, it's a one year deal. Like like I you said, it's it, not. I think, I think you want. I, I, no, but that's and the if point. You're a, and if you're, but if you're a top left tackle, mate, you're yeah. not hitting free agency. The fact that you're a left tackle and you've hit free agency, it, you have to acknowledge as a left tackle, unless you're just going, I demand this much money because Ooh. you're playing on a bad team. You, that means your left tackle skills are declining. Now, the next natural position to go in, which isn't, yes, left tackles are massively important, but the next most important position in the offensive line for me is that left guard slot. I don't think there's a massive amount of difference. And I don't think Riley Reef will have so much of an issue just sliding in. A lot of left tackles later in their career will slide inside. It happens. It's a lot more common than you probably think. Yeah. And I don't think it... And, and left guard is for a very valued position. That's fair enough. The, the, Riley, Riley Reef will be a top 20 paid left guard in, in the country. Um if if that's what they you know he'll be, um, I think he'll come in at, at eighteen. He'll get just less than what Kevin Zeitler, who is a right guard, admittedly, but a like a Pro Bowl, it like borderline guard, will get just slightly more than what Riley Reef will get to play guard, and he's never played guard in his professional career. I, I just I don't see it. I personally think he's been given a, a tackle contract. Um, and again, only time will tell. But I don't. I, I I believe it's purely speculation based on nothing that Reef has been signed to play left guard. My basis. Oh, of, it is. I'm, 
I'm speculating that that's the move. I, I don't see the logic in playing him at left tackle. Jonah Williams is developing. You developed him as your franchise left tackle, not the guy you brought in on a one-year prove-it deal. Mm. But you've overpaid because you're desperate for linemen. And everyone was desperate for And Bengals Lyman had good cap space as well. The cap yeah, they, they, they were one mental. of the teams uh, who the is... had a lot of money to sort of, you know, use and spend, didn't they? Yeah, because <laughs> if you're going to try and sell Wiley Reef on, yeah, we want you to come and play a part on this really bad offensive line. There's only one way he's going to do it. Cash is king. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I... I... It would be the first, that would be the breaking news that you've just shared, that Riley Reef is going to play left guard for the Bengals. Um, but I think, I think my argument is that if they, I think they'll, you know, Rashawn Slater will be the tackle that they want to draft. I doubt. So if they don't, if they don't like Rashawn Slater at five at tackle, right? And we're saying they don't draft him because they don't like him at five as the tackle. This is the perfect segue to say, so if they want to draft them at five at guard or want to draft a guard at five, maybe they'd be better looking at this guy who we're about to talk about. And I'm not sure who's got him again. It might be, was it me? I feel like I might have accidentally walked into this. Um, yeah, you have, but it's all good. Well, are you, you're a fan of this guy. Oh, that's Elijah me. Elijah attacker of USC. You are a, a, a mm. fan of this guy. Yeah. And that was you. the guy I was trying oh, to he's got very tough, yeah. to oh, earlier well, in the so. conversation. Segway hmm. into <laughs> Yeah. So if you're if you're you don't like Slater as a is as the tackle for whatever reason and you thinking maybe we want him as a guard, maybe you'd be better off looking at this out and out. Well, I say out and out, this this hmm. guy who also plays guard tackle. Yeah, so uh, six foot four, so what have you got um, him? 315 pounds. Like you guys say, he's, he's a Pac-12 um, best offensive lineman of the year uh, last year, I believe. He, he's a guy who's got that versatility, who has been projected as a guard by many analysts. But he's also obviously played at the tackle position as well. So, yeah, like we're talking about the Bengals here, if they don't believe in him and they want to drop down a few picks... They could potentially look at getting someone like an Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, a lot of teams have sort of projected him to the Vikings because they have a positional need, you know. So a lot of it is going to boil down to when you're drafting Vera Tucker. A lot of um, if he if he sort of if the if the Vikings don't select him, he could find himself maybe dropping down in the draft board unless someone moves up and is desperate to get him. At God, but he's got a good build. Um, he's athletic. He's got sort of short area quickness. He's in terms of um, protection as well. He's they only allowed one sack in two thousand and nineteen, um, and and he's, he's he's good at adjusting. And that's the kind of player that you maybe want to have as sort of a mid first round pick. Um, someone someone I'm you know a, a big fan of. Um, I don't think he's got too much experience. Though. I think he's only played two years of, uh, sort of starting football. So I think that may be the only issue. And obviously, based on... It's not a negative, but he may just be more of a scheme fit for teams. But it might be a case that there's only a certain number of teams who want someone with his skill set. Whereas when you look at someone like a Sewell and um, a Slater, there'll be pretty much any team 
who needs an offensive tackle will sort of go for them. Whereas the issue you've got with Vera Tucker is there's only going to be maybe one or two teams looking at him in that light. So I think that's where obviously there's question marks about where he lands, you know, and I think if he doesn't land at someone say like the Vikings, he could potentially drop down to a bit lower end of the first round. I don't know what sort of you guys think on that. Hmm. I, I really like Verisaka. Um there's a again, I, I just he's he hasn't got the length that you'd like to play tackle, which is why a lot of people want to kick hmm. him inside. And I think he does need to be kicked inside. Uh again, he's you know, he's got good technique. He's very quick and very agile. Um is what I like. I just I think the issue with Vera Tucker and why some teams won't look at him, like, for instance, the Raiders need guard help, but we play a more power push, power zone sort of scheme, and he's not a power mm. yeah. guard. He's That's someone who needs to play a complete yeah. zone block scheme. Like, and I, I, and I think, yeah, it, it limits where he can go. It, if he's in the right scheme and playing interior offensive lineman, he is probably the most talented natural interior lineman in this draft because the majority of the high picks in this draft and the high offensive linemen uh, tackles of varying quality. When you actually look at the interior of this draft, like your Kyoto guards and centers, once you get outside these those top two and the third with Vera Tucker, mm. the drop off, like, the drop-off's a lot heavier than people think. And the media, because it's decent, there's decent prospects that we'll go into it when we talk a few more of them. I think this draft's actually quite top-heavy on the offensive line. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And, 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 and why you say that is that you've got somebody that in line that you're going to talk about, aren't you, mate, Tristan? You, you, who, okay, sorry who to you, interrupt you um, the... Can you guys hear me? I mocked this person to the Raiders in our mock draft last week. Okay, what I'll do is because it just went funny, we'll just start the who you got bit and then I'll record again. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, start a new one. So, Tristan, it's time for you to introduce the prospect that you've been uh, looking at. Uh, you've, obviously you've had lots of couple but this is the main one this is the highest drafted or what we expect to be the highest drafted prospect uh, that you've taken a look at um, and it's a guy out of Virginia Tech played in the ACC um, who have we got? Uh, yeah I got Christian Darisol out of Virginia Tech someone who I mocked to the Raiders in the mock draft podcast last week uh, Rewatched some tape because I'd watched like Virginia Tech a little this season and you know, thought Darius all looks okay. But when I went into the deep dive into the tape, I didn't like what I saw. Um, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people, is, a lot of people are. So, Christian Darius is 6'5", 314 pounds. Very quick offensive lineman. Does get to the second level. Has that quick footwork, quick hands. Um, my main concerns with him, uh, he doesn't really put any power into much of his blocking. It's all very finesse blocking. Um, he just doesn't have any nastiness as an offensive lineman, and he just seems like he's on cruise control. When I watched him, there's not that effort. It's like he knows when he's up against weaker competition, 
and at college it's fine to sometimes do it he knows he's better so he's like half energy just coasting and and I think that unless you're going to run unless you want to run more of a zone blocking scheme and you don't mind just having a finesse blocker um, in your offensive line then yeah Darasaur is talented enough that there is you know, the athletic upside speaks for itself. He was a three-year starter at Virginia Tech. There's positives there. But I just, I think he could be someone who slips down the board. I just don't think the hype is all there. Mm. Yeah, we definitely start now, like, um, looking at sort of the next level of of offensive linemen. And obviously, he's viewed as a... Um, as a tackle, primarily, which is obviously a, a, a nice, um, you know, that he is viewed as like an out-and-out tackle, but unfortunately, he's probably not viewed as the sort of elite kind of tackle. Um, right. We've kind of just, you know, um, somehow managed, with only talking about four prospects, taken up like over an hour, but hey, it's all been good. It's all been good. So I'm actually um, going to... Uh, do some like quick fire and by quick fire I'm going to take us over to the CBS uh, prospects ranking board and I'm going to fire off what they believe is the sort of top prospects in this uh, draft at offensive line and you guys can jump in with anything that you you like about some of these I know you've looked at some of these guys so is that fair yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, they've got Penai Sewell or Sewell as the number four overall prospect in this draft. Of course, when when I say prospect number, that's not draft number. That's where they believe they are as uh, an overall prospect. Um, so, for example, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Jamar Chase are what CBS have as the number one, two, and three prospects uh, in the draft. Um, so, but looking at offensive line, they have Sewell at four. Obviously, we spoke about him. Rashawn Slater is their next guy. Um, and then Christian Darasaw. And then Elijah Vera Tucker. So, hey, very nice. There's the four guys we spoke about. Right, moving on. Uh, the next guy on their board, the 24th pro- uh, prospect, the fifth O-Limers, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Um yeah, I, I looked at a bit of Tevin Jenkins, um, and I, I think he's quite a good player. I think he's definitely a guy. I kind of have him had him mocked, kind of right at the back end um, of the the first round, maybe to a team like like the Chiefs, even maybe. Which obviously, I think I said him in the mock draft actually, um, because I have a very scary feeling he'll go at seventeen. Oh, I, okay. I watched a bit. Of te- I watched a bit of Tevin Jenkins this week as well. Big power guy. Yeah, has similarities to Trent Brown. I think the Raiders, that scheme they run with the top guys going off the board. I think as a scheme fit, they will reach a little for Tevin Jenkins to hit that mm. mold. Big powerful guy isn't the cleanest prospect in this class, yeah. and you know um, has some issues. But I think. For a team that needs a right tackle and a power scheme, he really fits the bill as a big mm. mauler. And I think I would, I'm going to put my hang my hat on it that he is the 17th overall mm. pick in this class. He's, yeah, he's 
he's another guy though that could be viewed as a guard and not a tackle. Again, he has very short arms. Um, mm. But then, in my opinion, then at seventeen, you're starting to look at a guy who. That's when I feel my, me personally. That's when I feel versatility is is a little bit more um, valuable uh, rather than if it, look if you're, if you're picking fifth. I would want Tevin Jenkins to be the the quintessential fantastic left guard, the best left guard there is in years, or uh, an absolute future Pro Bowl left tackle mm. or right tackle. But at seventeen, in my opinion, at that point, that's when you can start. You know, looking around to mm. see if you could fit multiple places mm. on the board. He's fun to watch on tape, isn't he? Like he's a proper physical mm. guy. Like looking for, he's looking for action, isn't he? So. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and next is uh, another guy who opted out, I believe, Jalen Mayfield, Michigan. Um, anyone? I, I mean, I. I Again, I feel like it should be me because I'm sure I'm the one who brought Jalen Mayfield to a few mock drafts, and I've been a little bit higher on him than um, than most. He's really been he's he's really been more bust for me with his skill set. Like he's either going to develop and be really good, or he's going to be one of these. You know, he's an athletic sort of specimen that may not translate completely. To the next level, like there's a few things that, yeah, I just I'm not 100% sold on him as a first round prospect. I'd be a bit more looking at him in the early second round. Boomer Bust is definitely the way I describe Mayfield because he hasn't played that many games. Um, he's only had 15 games in, mm. in college as a starter, but he's a very, um, he, I don't, I don't use the word box office. He's he jumps off the page. He kind of like. His first step is fantastic. He's very quick. He's very flashy. It's honestly watching him is is in, in, he loves to he loves to pancake a guy. He's a guy that is really like if you put his highlight tape together of his best bits, he put he would possibly have one of the best bits of tape of any offensive lineman in this draft. But it's it's you know it's is he an every down every snap guy? First round would be would be tough, and I think he'll be gone by the second round for sure. I mean, I think that's a no brainer. But first round, maybe not. And but the next guy, um, Mayfield's view is the twenty ninth best prospect. So by that, you're looking at late twenties to early first round. That's kind of where they think he might go. Um, the next guy off the board is another guy who I wouldn't have had him this high. Tristan, you might tell me wrong. Jackson Carmen. Clemson, too. Yeah, apologize for just bringing my drink. Um, that's quite high for Jackson Carmen. Um, I would have said Jackson Carmen, maybe if he'd had another year last year, like he did the year before, then maybe. I just don't think he was as overly impressive um, last year as he needed to be to be higher up boards. Um, he's very talented. He's a very talented, you know, he's a very highly rated recruit as Clemson's. Highest rated recruit at one point ever before sort of the Trevor Lawrence's and the Wells come across. Um, he's solid. He needs to develop some more. He's not ready to start at the next level yet. But because he doesn't have that length you want, he has strength and power. Like when he, um, 
when he gets that first push, that first strike, he has so much power, but he sort of his footwork isn't great. He's he sinks down a little bit. So instead of being able to just push with his upper body strength, he sort of he drops his knees a bit too much for my liking. And obviously succumbs to then when you're dropping your knees and you're leaning backwards a little bit, you allow yourself to be bullied at the next level. But he tries to finish all of his blocks as much as he can. Again, he's a good player. He's a decent athlete with good hands, but he has limitations and they really were shown last year. And I just don't think he's the next ranked player on that board. But mm, No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so after, solid player. after Jackson Carmen, we have Alabama's Alex Leatherwood. Anyone look at <laughs> Leatherwood? I'm more annoyed that they're sleeping on someone who I really like. <laughs> I'll get, I'll hopefully I'll get there I, soon. I, and who I would rank above the last, this person and the last person. Uh, but yeah, uh, Alex Leverwood. Yeah, solid. He won't be elite. He'll be solid. He'll be good. Mm. He'll be serviceable. Doesn't have any elite qualities. I like Isn't, that. I like <laughs> I like that he has played left tackle, though, for the majority of his college career. That's obviously quite favourable to some teams. Yeah, but there's been negatives yeah, about him but... finishing blocks and his overall he's just, strength. He's very just mad. Yeah. He's just a... Yeah, he's just... There's nothing There's nothing that jumps out to me when I watch Alex Leverwood that goes, that's what he's going to do at the next level. Uh, like, he's solid. He will be a serviceable start. I think it's similar mm. to what you were saying about sort of Darius or just in terms of, you know, his overall sort of perception when he's on the field. He doesn't come across as being a nasty player where we obviously talk about someone like Jenkins. I'd rather have someone like that who may not have the sort of traits and can be built, but he's an absolute bully. I'd rather have someone like that than someone maybe like then Leverwood, if that makes sense. Well, the thing is with Leatherwood, he decided to come back again this year. And I, I've actually, I, I'm not just saying this, but I said this, that he he's not going to be picked any higher than he would have last yeah. year. He might have even gone higher yeah. last year. So, um, but there's a there's a, a, a sources tell us on the NFL website that says uh, from, an, from an area scout for an, for an unnamed NFC team, I thought he was pretty much the same player as he was last year. He's long and has some athleticism, but he just doesn't get me excited, even though we need a tackle. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. So, yeah, being a first-round pick might be mm. seen far off for Alex Leatherwood. After that, we have Wyatt Davis um, from Ohio Come on State. Now. I know, I know, I, I know you who what, you're... Well, I don't want to mention it because I want to keep yeah. going down the list until we get to... Cause I don't... If it's if it's you know someone who I think it is, I think he might be bitterly disappointed. After to Wyatt Davis, obviously uh, guard for Ohio State. Um, yeah, I, I I quite like Davis. I think he'll be one of those early second round picks. Um, I didn't like the way he got. There was one bright spot from the Ohio State Clemson game for me, and it was watching Wyatt Davis get bullied by a freshman. Go and watch that tape. Brian Brisset has Wyatt Davis. He's giving Wyatt Davis fit. And just, he didn't look good to me. Just, yeah, he's a, he'll be solid at the next level. He'll do a job. Again, he's a bit like level. With, 
the Raiders need linemen, but he doesn't get me excited. I don't I don't see anything in his play that makes me go, yeah, he's going to be really I think good. he picked up an injury no, as mean, well, didn't he, in the championship game? I don't know what his status is like. Uh, I just, well, Wyatt Davis' NFL prospect ranking is 6.24, and 6.3 to 6.64 is will be a starter within first two seasons, and 6.1 to 6.2 is good backup mm. who could become a starter. So he's viewed as like... Uh, a very uh, yeah, good fringes. who, who um, has a has, has a good chance of being a starter, which probably that's what happened. Yeah, that's, that's, that's happened. fair. So after Wyatt Davis, we have Dylan Redunds from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he, you like I, I think he's really underrated. To be honest, he's a good run blocker. Um, he's in terms of pass protection as well. He's pretty good. He's someone who can play. He's played predominantly left tackle all throughout his time at North Dakota State. Obviously, question marks are going to be about the level of competition, which I completely understand. But I think he's someone, when you talk about versatility, he's he's got the experience at left tackle, could be moved to right tackle, could even be looked at in the interior. I think he, I think he has um, traits which he'll become... A decent starter in the NFL, to be honest. He's, he's a player that I, I really, really... Quite, quite fond of. And Tristan, I thought this was the guy that you were going to say, but I take it maybe not. No, uh, no. I don't think it is. I no. think I think he's got someone really obscure in mind. But um, oh, of I course, don't think I it's know who it is. The person no, no, I'm no, on the no, yeah, it's oh, obvious. Well, yeah. well I, I think I'm going to I'm going to disappoint you. I don't think he's even on this list. But we'll actually, get, we'll, we'll finish it off. what website are you on, by the way? Uh, CBS. Okay. Apparently, there's been some sort of issue in adding him on. On the website, okay, so th- there's been some sort of technical issue. So it's not a case that he's been overlooked. Um, yeah. Does his name begin with Q? Is no, that yes. no, we don't oh, talk about okay. him. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Well, that's, well, that's I, just, that's just, I will just talk keep... about my. I will talk about my boy when he comes around, but that's not who I'm thinking. Wow. Well, let's let's just continue. By the way, just on Dylan Redunds very quickly. Uh, uh, quote from an area scout for an NFC team. I see him as a guard on the next level with some tackle ability to help out your roster. He needs to mature and develop better practice habits. Interesting. Um, after Dylan Redunds, we have Sam Cosme from Texas. This um, is what I was on about. Um, I really like Sam Cosme. I think he is a solid pass protector, really good athlete. His footwork is really, really good. Um, he's got really good height and length and he doesn't have to reach too much when he's blocking rushes. He's his tape's really quite fun to watch. Yeah. His he's inconsistent is really the only massive knock on him. And he's not the heaviest of handed um offensive lineman is one of the knocks I've seen on him. And I, I can see it he's not the most explosive. A bit like Sook was saying like Sometimes you want someone who's going to go and get after it. But I think from a base standpoint, he has so much room to develop. And I think mm. teams will see that room to develop and he'll go a lot higher than this list suggests. I quite like Sam Cosme. I'm going to finish up with these next three guys and then I'm going to then absolutely just tell you the names of the rest of the guys on this list. So after Cosme, we have Creed Humphrey, the centre from Oklahoma. Uh, is this the top centre on the board? Because he seems to be the 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 most sort of he seems to be the highest ranked out and out dedicated center that I've seen 
on mm. most boards. Not talking uh, about Landon yeah. Dickerson yet, but I was about to say it's either him or Landon Dickerson. There's not too much between okay. them. It depends, yeah. it depends on what you're looking for and your scheme. But I think there's not a massive room between him and Landon Dickerson. Actually, if you look at NF, uh, no, uh, honestly, all these guys that I've just mentioned in a row are all sort of between six point two four and six point two eight. On you know, all predicted to be backups with the potential to be starters, and that's exactly what they've given to to Creed Humphrey as well. Um, a source from a Southwest area scout for an AFC team, he was the best offensive lineman on the team when they won the Joe Moore Award. Um. In brackets, best defensive line in college football, and that line had everybody drafted, which speaks volumes for his ability. So, you know what they say with scouts: if one guy likes, and I'm sure there's more. So Humphrey will definitely be someone who garners a lot of interest. I imagine um, maybe he sneaks into the first round. You never know. If they think it's the top center on the board, team near the center, you never know. But he is followed behind on this list by Landon mm-hmm. Dickerson. Um, so they kind of go one and two after each other. Uh, Dickerson, uh, according to the NFL's website, they believe he is uh, a, a decent chunk better, actually. He's 6.42, which is actually um, will be a starter within the first two seasons. Um, his, comp- his NFL comparison is Frank Ragnow of the Colts or the Lions? Lions? Which one's the, he Col- the Lions. The Lions, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, an exec, an exec from an NFL team said, "I love him. I know some people around the league think he's still under the radar, but I doubt that. He reminds me of the Mountain from Game of Thrones, just big, strong, and tough." Um, yeah, Dickerson will be gone. Six foot six. Mm. He has two ten. He has ten point three seven five inch hands. Mm. Just big, big giant. Just the injury mix. concerns, isn't it? Um, he's had so many. He's yeah, had the torn ACL, I think. <laughs> what else has he had? He's had. I think but he's had injuries on both legs, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had lots of little niggly knocks. To... Uh, ACL, torn ACL. Yeah, like, that's... I mean, that was quite a while ago, but still, let's... And that's funny because you've... Um... Sorry, am I getting mixed up? The, 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 the final guy I'm going to talk about before I do have extremely just a quick reel off of names, Trey Smith from Tennessee. Now, was he, has, he, has he had a lot of injuries? Or am mm. I making that up? Am I thinking of someone else? Trey Smith is someone for me who's I've I've seen him a lot. People like him. I've not personally watched enough Trey Smith to have massive, you know, an opinion on him. I've, you know, Tennessee's just not much fun to watch. Yeah, um, actually, sorry to interrupt. I remember he. This is the guy who had. So I was listening to another podcast. Sorry, I do listen to other podcasts. Um, he had blood clot issues, didn't he? Yeah, mm, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So here, a personnel exec for an NFC team said, "I guess you don't like big, aggressive guards, Lance Lance line because his his grading is worse than the other teams, other other guys you mentioned. I know he has things to work on, but they can be coached up. The history of blood, blood clots is a much bigger issue than anything on mm. tape for me. I knew there was yeah. something about Trey Smith that I had in my mind. Um, really yeah, and that, guys and that the... can knock someone down because, but that's not the end of the world. I I remember when. Maurice Hurst was drafted by the Raiders and a lot of people had a high yeah. grade on him until he had blood clotting issues and 
that in his three-year career has never mm. been an issue ever yeah, again. Yeah, he was a first-round prospect, wasn't he, de- like, initially, and then he went dropped way down. And we got a stellar defence. Yeah, got him in the fifth round, and he's been a stellar defensive mm. tackle for the Raiders, and those blood clot issues have been non-existent. So, hopefully, Trey Smith gets the same, because, you know, I'm, I may not watch much of him or like Tennessee much, but just hope these guys have as best a career yeah. as they can. Just going to finish off this list and uh, just fire off some guys. So the first guy, though, has anyone ever seen um, Deontay Brown from Alabama? <laughs> you can't miss him. <laughs> Honestly, he's he's six four and three hundred and fifty pounds, and he but he just looks like he just looks like a giant boulder. Like it's hard to explain, but he looks a bit like Richie Incognito. Heavy... <laughs> like if you yeah, look at Richie Incognito, just a boulder of a man. Yeah, it's just funny because he's like, he's the heaviest guy in this draft, but there's plenty of guys taller than him. And so, um, yeah, it's, he just, yeah, he's a very stout guy. Um, we've got Josh Myers from Ohio State. We've got, well, if you want to call Landon Dickerson the mountain, this guy is the mountain. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. Um, don't want to guess how tall Spencer Brown is. Six eight, six seven, six Ooh. nine, nine. That's <laughs> My goodness, that 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 gets so many um, prospects. Just I'm so prospects. Uh, you know, coaches and execs just purring, doesn't it? Six nine, dude. Um, I want to see what his prospect grade is like on NFL website. I don't know if even if it's on there. Yes, it is. Spencer Brown. Let's have a look. What do they view him as? Yeah, that they have him as a six point one nine. It's a good backup who could become a starter, but they list him as six eight. But have you seen bloody? Ha- He's got eight and a half inch hands. <laughs> so remember the guy I said before to Dickerson who had ten point three seven five. So put that in comparison. How big Dickerson's hands are? Look, if you look at Spencer Brown, my word, he looks like he looks like um, the quintessential jock from every high school movie. Like, his face looks like it's been chiseled out of Mount Rushmore. His head is like a breeze block with a point. Sorry, Spencer Brown, that's really harsh. But look at his web. After this, please look at his picture on the NFL Prospect website. He literally looks like an absolute stud of a man. Um, then you've got Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. Uh, James Hudson from Cincinnati. Robert Jones from Middle Tennessee, Drake Jackson from Kentucky. And there's one that I feel really sad about because this guy last year was, and especially coming, actually coming out of high school, was touted to be a future top 10 draft pick, mm. Walker Little Stanford. He's such a sad story because that dude was supposed to be a stud, but that is not worked out with him he's been had horrific injuries after injuries that guy so um, yeah. Larry Borum from Missouri I'm not familiar with that name a low grade on Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame mm. don't know if I uh, see him that, that, that low but very quickly if I just look on his prospect I thought Eichenberg might, in, uh, might I trust Notre Dame offensive linesmen to be honest I think they always Forge out some decent careers in the NFL, don't they? So, yeah, six point two seven, six point two seven. That's decent. So that's um, 
He's he's been compared to Justin Pugh. Uh, he can be better in some areas, but he plays like a short-armed guy, and that concerns me if he's going to be a tackle. You'll start, and probably earlier on, director of scouting for the NF- NFC team. Tristan, so you're going to say something? I was going to ask, while you're on the NFL website, I want to talk about someone who I would be banging a table for as a prospect. And this is yeah. the person that you all thought I was yeah. talking about earlier. I want to see if they have that prospect grown in head. Um, one of my favourite offensive linemen in this draft, Quinn Menirez from North from Wisconsin Whitewater, he blew up the senior bowl and I went back and had a little look at what I could find tape-wise. Yeah. Uh, power guard. Um, um, power guard has a few issues with his footwork and balance, <laughs> but he's just got so much upside as a power player. Like, he's, there's just so much to work with there. Um, yeah, his, you know, his, his hands aren't perfect and he has some technique things to work on, but, as an athlete and having the build, you know, 6'3", 320, he's stocky. He's someone I really, <laughs> really like and wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't be a second uh, round yeah. pick. No, I yeah, was going to say, you I know will, that stocky oh, bit? Like, have you seen gonna... that picture of him on on the internet with just his belly sticking out? <laughs> I, <laughs> haven't, I haven't, but he's, he's, he's got, got a gut. So I was just going to say the last the last guy on this list is the guy from Buffalo, Coyote Awasika. Mm-hmm. But um, you'll be presently surprised, Tristan. They haven't they haven't um, they haven't uh, haven't graded Quinn Minerez. Uh, low, low, they, have, they haven't low balled your guy Quinn Minerez because Minerez or whatever Minerez or something that's like, or something like that. Minerez. Minerez. Um, it's got no I after the R. It's just E R Z. I was when I heard him being talked about this year, um, it was Meniraz, but yeah, it isn't all spelling. Okay, fair enough. But um, he is a higher grade than Sam Cosme, I think. Um, he's got a six point three one, which uh, that I think compared to the CBS rankings would have him as a as a top ten offensive lineman in this draft. So. They're not doing your guy dirty. 6.31 is solidly in the will be a starter within two seasons. So, and they, the NFL comparison is uh, Ryan Jackson. He's, so, he's my guy this year. Like, there's always, you know, there's like one prospect that you just bang a table for, think he's the best thing since sliced bread, even though people are like, hey, he's a small school guy. You might not do anything. I, I like it. I like his upside a lot. I think he will. But most of, I was going to say, most importantly, suck of No, because I was trying to find his uh, address. Okay, this is going to go in. But he's got, let's just say, he's had family issues with his parents. Uh, he talks about uh. his parents divorcing a lot. So it's one of them where you don't know what, which side to send on. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> got you. Got you. Um, so there we go. So there are the offensive line. I'm sure we might have missed out on some guys. So CBS not showing your guy Quinn respect, but at least the NFL. And we bring you everything. We know his family situation and everything. That's how detailed we are when it comes to offensive line. Exactly. Going into that yeah. character background, trying to find, doing that PI <laughs> investigation. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, um, that's the end of the offensive lineman thing. I know when we started planning our uh, prospect upon our road to the draft that we circled the offensive lineman um, 
chat is the highlight of our our talk. But it needs to be done, and you guys obviously want to know if you got teams interested in drafting an O lineman. Um, mm-hmm. you know what? We're done for offense. That's that's the offense done. So we'll see you at the draft. But uh, we can I ask a question? Sorry, Nick. back with defense. The kicker's not count as offense. Yeah, or special teams. We're not doing a show on no. Are we not doing a kick as well? Panthers are people too. I mean, let's think about this. We have one, two, uh, three, four. We have four pods, I think, left. And we haven't even Mm -hmm. started on defence. So, yeah, I think there'll be... And of course, the last last one's going to be a... Wait, when is the draft? the last week. End of April, isn't it? Okay, so we've got we've got five pods. We've got five pods, and we're gonna do uh, what we're gonna do. D, we're gonna do like do D line linebackers. No, just do D line because the defensive yeah. tackle class no. is massive no. this year. Spoiler alert! So we no, can, like D line and edge, I meant as one. Yeah, then do one. do linebackers and then DBs because outside of the top few safeties, the safety class again. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Dips off a little. <laughs> so we'll do so that's three and obviously the last one we're going to do our last minute mock draft so we've only got one of the show special um, teams yeah. kickers and punters let's do it you proposed the point well, purely about left guards Nick so don't don't come at me and sit for wanting to do kickers <laughs> and punters <laughs> well we, we I think we can pigeonhole yeah. into one of the shows if we do fine, if we do kickers and punters, we can do kickers and how about this, right? Kickers and punters next week, along with um, because that won't take very long at all. Um, uh, along with, um, we've had this great idea, we are going to go through all 32 teams and give you one guy, um, who we think the team could benefit from drafting. So, obviously, we'll we'll look. One, 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 one guy in the draft who each team would would get better with, and no, we're not going to just say travel on stage two times because we're going to give you a guy that a team has a realistic mm. chance of drafting. Um, so I think that's good. It's all about getting to know these guys for the first round, the repetition, and I think yeah, there's there's definitely um, it's similar to doing what we did with the mock draft, but obviously. Um, we can name the same player, I guess, more than once for these teams because it's all about like who is who is the guy to circle as you're going at the draft. Oh God, I hope we get him. That's that's mm-hmm. you know some some fans will want to know who is the who is the best player they can get to improve their team. Um, so we'll, what about that? We'll do that then with kickers and punters. Hey, on, you cheer now. Yeah, let's do. Let's get going with yeah. it. With <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, see, I'm going to be spending my weekend watching punter tape. It's, it's going to be fun, isn't it? Guys, come on. We had, we had, we had, we had a punter pod only a few weeks ago, so we need to show a bit of respect for the position. You know, could be listening as well. Um, shout out to Ian Berman if he is listening. Well, we'll get him on the show. We can, he can actually give us a breakdown because we'd be like, yeah, he's really good at kicking it inside the 20. <laughs> I'm not, I'm really not like, I mean, if, if either of you can actually tell me that you're extremely good at breaking down punting. Well, you've got to look at that. Um, you need to look at like, with punters, you've got to look at directional kicking. How yes. are they pinning it inside exactly. the 20? You know, 
how consistent is this boot? Is this is it saying? But it's not with punting. Like we'll see how good they are at catching it inside the twenty. They're kicking it inside the twenty. Is that not the equivalent of saying? Well, how good is it? How good are they at catching the ball deep? Like I don't. That's that's the whole job of a punter, isn't it? Like it's just kicking it as far as you can, slash trying to kick it inside the twenty. Yeah, you got to be able to kick There's it. There's not accurately. multiple things you can do. Oh, you don't know you, you, how good. You need to be athletic enough just in case you need to run that fake and you need to do a bit of running or can he throw the ball at all? Can you use him to fake pass I, on a punt, you know? Do you know what? I don't even know why I'm complaining. It just makes my work so easier because I'm only looking now for like two things. <laughs> two things. How good is he at that kicking that? <laughs> how, can, can he kick the ball good? Does he get it inside the 20 a lot? <sighs> yeah. But anyway... I don't mind. It's going to make my my life a lot easier. <laughs> um, but it's a lot easier to break him down than it is for an offensive lineman, I'm sure. But, um, right, well, ladies and gents, thanks very much for joining us for another uh, episode of the Fourth and Inches College podcast. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you all again next week. Um, I know we've been chopping at the times recently. I, I was not too well earlier this week, but all feeling a lot better now. Um, <clears throat> so we'll keep you posted. But anyway. Take care. Have a good week and stay safe. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.